Hello there and welcome to another episode of the Animation Industry Podcast. My name is Terry and last week I mentioned that MGM filed a copyright claim against my podcast merch. So I went and changed around my logo a little bit and re-uploaded it and there have been no problems since. So if you are looking to get a cute t-shirt or a cute mug or a cute tote bag with the podcast logo on it, you can do so again. Check out the link in the description of this chat. Also last week, I did a draw for a three-month license of Toon Boom's Storyboard Pro, and I just want to say a winner was picked. Congratulations to Ren. You will be emailed with all the details. And if you didn't win, I'm doing another draw with Toon Boom next month, uh, but this time for Harmony Premium. So look out for that. This chat features none other than Rachel Larson of Tiny Chef fame. Rachel is a stop motion animator, director, and writer who's worked on tons of stop motion productions over the years, including Coraline, Anomalisa, Tumbleleaf, Kirian Liu, and of course, she is the creator of The Tiny Chef Show. In our chat, she shares how she went from animating The Tiny Chef in a rented shed in New Zealand to partnering with Kristen Bell to making a deal with Nickelodeon and absolutely everything in between. This is a really great chat, so I hope you enjoy it. And without further ado, let's jump in. Hello, Rachel, how are you? I'm good, how are you doing? I'm good, I'm good. Uh, I'm excited to chat. I've been following Tiny Chef specific specifically since I uh, started going to animation school, which is back in like 2018. And I remember you were posting like, just like tiny food at, at the start. <laughs> Was the tiny chef always your your plan or it just kind of happened when you were like, because because what I was thinking is like, there's so many accounts that post tiny things and tiny foods and, and you never it's always like the understood that it's like by a human. But it, but you were like, no, 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 it's actually by this tiny chef that's making all this stuff. Is that was that the plan or it just ended up that way? It definitely was not the plan. I um I was making tiny food like I was I was kind of like in search of doing something like for myself so i was like i'm gonna make my own stop motion show like i i was like really hungry to do something on my own and like every idea i was thinking of i was like that's like a lot of work <laughs> and so i was just like well what do you just like to do and you haven't done in a while like just try to think of something like very small that you know like I could do without needing a lot of help or anything. And I remember I really loved making tiny food and I hadn't done it in years. And I was like, I'm just going to make tiny food again. And so I just started making tiny food and sort of just was like so happy making, making something again and just being really like consistent with it. And I was like, I'm not going to do a show. I'm just going to make <laughs> tiny food. <laughs> like this is my future. And um, um, the co-creator Ozzy, like we, I met her on Isle of Dogs and we had talked about doing a show or just doing something together. Cause we were like, we just wanted to do our own thing. And, um, she saw what I was like the tiny food and she was trying to make a, a live action cooking show. And she, she was like, we should make a tiny cooking show and you should use your green puppet that you, you had and you haven't done anything with. Um, and he should be the chef. And um, I was really like, oh, yeah, maybe, maybe that's that could that could work, I think. And 
Um, so I made him a hat, like a chef hat, like I think a couple nights later and he looked really cute and I had this like cool striped fabric that I really liked. I made him a apron and, you know, then I just started like saying like he was making the food and, um, it just really organically grew into kind of what it is. Like it, it was just these like little steps that just kind of kept showing themselves. And um, I had made this little banjo just cause I was starting to make the miniatures and stuff and it fit him perfectly. And I was like, okay, I'm gonna have him play the banjo. And so I did one animation with him just playing the banjo and it was like cute. And then, my brother-in-law, um, Matt Hutchinson, he he does like funny voices and he, you know, he's super funny. And he used to do this, this like, this voice that would always make me laugh. And he <laughs> like, and I was like, why don't you do that voice you do that like always makes me laugh, but like make it its own language. And just like, let's just see what happens. And we were trying a couple different things um with the voice because I like I know I I just feel like voice can ruin a character really quickly and I didn't want to like everything we had been making up until that point was just like I was like loving it and I didn't want to like kill it with like a sort of a jar jar effect you know like um but he he you know we're trying different things and he was he was driving with my sister and he started singing another one bites the dust in sort of chef like in chef voice and my sister sent it to me because she was like recording it she sent it to me and it made it was made me laugh so hard and I was like I have to animate this like um so yeah we we made our first animation off of a uh, voice record like on the phone and you know it, it was it just like yeah it, it really kind of kept unfolding like that you know like it was just like this is funny and we we would end like as Ozzy threw, flew out to New Zealand and we were just like let's just start recording things let's just start let's just start animating and just see what we get and um so then we <laughs> we had Matt just like like do a chefy voice and like like sing all these songs and this like funny voice and just kept having him cook and like we you know, we didn't know what it was going to be. We just knew it was funny and it was um, endearing and just kept building this character through kind of, you know, things that were happening around us and um, just really developed him very organically, I would say. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. And it sounds like the universe was trying to make the tiny chef happen. And it's all these elements that you love coming together. I, I want to backtrack a little bit because, you know, you have a ton of experience in stop motion. Like how did you get and you were in New Zealand at the time and, and uh, you know, you've been on a ton of different movies, et cetera, et cetera. How did you originally get involved in stop motion and get up to the level of like, you know, feature film animator? Because <laughs> I think that's important to this whole story, too, because, you know, I've seen the banjo animation of Tiny Chef and it's not like a it's not like you're like, oh, I'm going to try this stop motion thing. It's like, you know, it's it's got the timing right. It's it's really it's it's a good animation, <laughs> et cetera. Yeah, I mean, I I was in Portland and I had a, um, a, a BFA in sculpture, so I knew how to do like. 
just weird. I had a weird skill set. Like, I knew how to weld. I knew how to like cast metal. I knew like I just had odd skill sets um, from that degree. And I was working at a oil paint company in Portland, um, and I ended up getting fired because uh, <laughs> I I wasn't like I don't know I I probably wasn't the best employee. Um, I I just didn't know what I was gonna do with this sculpture degree and um, just trying to kind of work in Portland and live in kind of a cool city. And um, a friend of a friend had was working at Leica and he's he saw like I was actually sculpting the the green these green creatures um which one of you know one of them ended up being the chef but I was sculpt sculpting these things and like making up this backstory for them and um he said you know it seemed like you seem like you have the right skill sets to do stop motion you should apply for this job at, at um they're they're making Coraline this movie and so I went home and looked at like stop motion and um, Leica and I was just like, oh my God, like this is like, this is meant for me. This is like this. I love miniatures. I love weird worlds. I love filmmaking. I love all of it. Like it just all like clicked for me. And I, so I was like desperate now to get this job. So I put together a portfolio of these creatures and like everything I had made sort of an art and turned it in. And then they, um, they were hiring that week that I turned in my portfolio and they hadn't hired in like a year for the, this, this like entry level position. And so I got hired to make Coraline's hands on um, at Leica. And then you know, within like three months after making like hand after hand, you know, I was like, well, I want something more creative. And um, it just seemed like the animators had the most sort of uh, storytelling ability. Like it just felt like they had the the ability to sort of bring character and bring life. And like that part really clicked with me. Like, um, so I they had testing units for the animators. So I asked, you know, friends at the company, like, could I just try this out? And so I got a puppet and loved it, like immediately. It was just love, loved it. And um, so then after work and during lunches and weekends, I just kept like just trying to get myself to uh learn the skill set as quickly as possible because but, the, so you had never movie... touched you had never done stop motion before in your life and then <laughs> suddenly you're, you're at the the four running uh studio of stop motion in the the world maybe maybe Ardman is also up there and you have access to all their tools and resources and then you <laughs> you're learning stop motion there that's amazing yeah and i think i was just aware of that because i was like i know this this thing's gonna end this opportunity is gonna end and i didn't yeah. have like puppets at home i didn't have setups at home i didn't have anything so i was just like so determined to learn as much as possible while i could um and just you know just became friends with a lot of people on that production um who you know after the production ended i was like let's make puppets. <laughs> like I, I just wanted to continue. So I made those green creatures into puppets and just kept practicing. And wow. um, yeah. 
So there, so the tiny chef is like <laughs> twenty years old almost at this point. Yeah, it, 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 the like beginning of that was was before I even knew about stop motion. It was just like this idea I had. I really wanted to like do this installation of these green creatures and like what they were, like a natural history. But you know, I just had this like idea of it and then I got into stop motion and I kind of um shelved it you know I yeah. I because then I got hired at like robot chicken and just bounced around until I just got my animation skill set to the point where I could work on movies and that was like my career you know wow that that's it that's incredible I mean like I'm in Canada and there's not a lot of opportunity here and and to like work at Leica and then bounce around is it's uh you know I've been to Portland and it's a it's there's so much creativity and and quirky people and things going on there it's amazing okay so um you had been working on feature films all this time and then you're in New Zealand and your friend Ozzy flies in to help you with this production like you know you're already committed and there's like a, a flight from where was where was she and uh before she flew she was in Europe so she was in Europe so like I don't know a couple thousand dollars just for a flight uh, you know, you're, I think you were renting a shed, uh, like, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like all this, you know, you're, you, you, you make it sound so organic and casual, but like, you're seriously committed at some level to, to like, uh, put all this hard work and effort into and like money and like you're working full time. So you're working evening and evenings and weekends to make this happen too. Like, was there an instigating moment where you're like, I have to make something and take it seriously and like invest myself into this to make it happen? Or were you just like, I'm having a fun hobby and why not? I think it's a little bit of both, but I like when I was on Isle of Dogs, I really felt the like need to do my own thing. Like I was mm -hmm. like, I'm working on a Wes Anderson film in London. Like it's not going to get better than this. It's not going <laughs> to. And I was like, I need something more. Like I, I need more than this. And yeah. um, I knew that like in my bones, I was like, <laughs> I, I need something more. And so I think even when I was doing tiny food, I was very committed to um, making sure I made a new piece of food every day like there was a commitment even there when I didn't know what it was for but yeah. I just knew like take it seriously and don't um let it fade away and just keep being pulled onto different jobs and um you know once once like I think once I did the banjo animation it felt like I like I knew this green character these green characters would be like I always felt like they would be something like something something that uh worked and uh I didn't want to waste it like I didn't want to say this is what they are this is what it is until I just was sure like this is this is what it is you know because yeah. you can't undo it you can't like I'm just kidding Right. Uh, it's not this, a this green creature is a mountaineer who uh, 
looks for gems in the Rocky Mountains. Oh no, no way! Now they're a tiny shack. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> wait, that, wait, I wait. That. I, 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 that's like that's an interesting point there because like for me, I have like a it's not a fear, but like an like a apprehension to go out with something because I don't want it to. I don't want to like put all this effort into it and it goes nowhere. But it's almost like I can't. Like sometimes I can't even take it seriously enough because of that like I don't know if there's a different word than fear of like tr backtracking and then being like oh, no 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 <laughs> it's it's this thing and then being like seen as the guy who like comes up with ideas that don't go anywhere versus halfway yeah, yeah. I mean I I was definitely in that spot and I think you know it's always a play of like you never I think are sure of anything like there's nothing that's like so perfect that you're like that's it, it I think it's a a mixture of being apprehensive and just jumping anyway. And like, I think the fact that Ozzy was like, let's do it. You know, she was just like, let's just stop overthinking it. Let's just do it. And it, it kind of helped push me to get over like the worry of, yeah. of what, like, and also even if I did come out and be like, it's a tiny chef and da, 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 and like, wasn't into it. You, you can pull it back. You can like, <laughs> like, you know, like nothing's, stopping you from you know redirecting yourself and I, I I think once I felt like she was on board I was like I've lived with these green puppets that haven't done anything for like 12 years at that point and it was like at what point is this the right moment or the right idea or like and it just felt like let's just go for it like let's just jump and like and once I make that decision on things, I do like, I'm like, you got to fly out here and we got to like, we're not traveling. We're working on this because I think you have to corner yourself. Come to a beautiful a country. That... You're not allowed to go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> You're stuck in this shed. <laughs> it was, it was like, we have to do this yeah. because if you do that, you are committed and like, then you have to make that decision worth it, you know, like because you, you, you also like, you also like uh, went full time on Tiny Chef before it was anything too, right? Like you you like worked on it a hundred percent without taking on other projects and stuff for a period of time. Is that true? So I was in New Zealand for Kiri and Lou, and that was um, it. That was coming to an end, and like I was sort of working on tiny chef and then it was sort of like overlapping right and Kieran Lou was going to come to an end and my goal was when I go back to the states I want to be I want to just work on chef I don't want to get another job and have this yeah, okay. so I had this constant clock of like you you have to make this something before you go back home so you, this is it like you're this is your job now and we got a book deal before I went back home and it was like so important because it was like this sign that it was more than just a cute little thing it was like okay people are willing to invest money into this thing and other people see its potential too and it let there be some legitimacy to my parents you know like <laughs> I'm not just reverting you know um yeah. at like age 39 to like something that's not realistic you know and um 
so yeah we got a book deal before coming back to the states and then just a lot of things like snowballed after that um so yeah how much were you playing like because you know social media had a huge impact on on tiny chef's success how much were you playing the social game i played it that's all i was playing i was like <laughs> i just felt like this is it this is like the this this platform is where everyone is looking you, you know and like you don't you don't have a panel of judges judging your thing before it can like go into the public eye and i just felt like this is the place to start entertaining people like you know like i i I didn't want to do a short film that I worked on for a long time and then enter it and then have, you know, the people that go to that film festival. See, I wanted the whole public to see this yeah. thing. I wanted it to be like a, not for animation people, not for kids, not for adults, like just every, anyone who finds this entertaining, I wanted, you know, to have access to it and it was free and it, it, there were so many things about social media that were perfect for this medium. It was like, you can do short bursts. You can do a 10 second clip, which is you can animate that in a day. You can get it out the next day. I could take photos of chef and make up a story. Like it just had this, it, the medium created the art, you know what I mean? It was like this really fun way to like reshape the way I think of stop motion and into like this, this different thing. I I love what you said about uh, just creating it for anybody who thinks it's entertaining because like that's that's also like what I I try to do with my art but then you know when you sell when you're trying to sell your show or whatever like you have to package it and and make it for a specific demographic so I I actually wanted to talk to you about like you know how did because Tiny Chef you know I've been following it for years and years it's evolved from like, you know, singing or whatever you call it. <laughs> However, it's voiced. Do you call it singing? I don't know. <laughs> singing, yeah, singing, humming, a uh, mix of both with gibberish, like popular songs and like traveling the world and doing all this like, you know, chef stuff to like a very kid oriented, like preschool show where he's got like a slug friend and a caterpillar friend and this, this like mashup of objects friends. So like, I guess, you know, I have a billion questions around this. How much did you have to change what you originally thought it would be to sell it as a, as a show to make it to what it is now? Well, it, I mean, it, it happened, um, you know, we, we were approached by Nickelodeon before we did any, like, we uh, were just, you know, you weren't pitching everywhere. You weren't like calling up Netflix and HBO and uh, Amazon and app, whatever. No, Nickelodeon was like, hey, we've seen this thing. We're looking We on our slate is we need to put in a stop motion show for 20. <laughs> I also want to ask you, like, how hard was it to sell it in stop motion? And well, but if they approached you, like, was it a little bit more easy selling that way? Because they I guess they already understood kind of the concept. Yeah, I mean, I think. You know, Nickelodeon went through a rehaul of like um, people in charge of the creative, you know, and I think 
you know, two people in particular saw it and I think both loved it. And they were like, I think wanted, you know, Nick to be more creator driven. And so I think we were part of that, like, like, let's look at creative that's, um, I don't know how to put it. Like, I guess like just uh, people who are doing interesting things and like different, you know, I, I can't really speak for them, but I think, you know, yeah. that was part of it. And I think these, the two folks that like brought us in were just big chef fans and they just loved what we were doing and they could see it, you know? And um, so when we did a deal with them, like it, it, we didn't, pitch anything like it was like <laughs> you know and none of us knew what it was going to become it was sort of a I think they just felt like they've got something that's gold and they wanted you know wanted to be part of it and um the way it evolved was you know I think it sort of again evolved a bit organically like it's if it was just up to me I just would have had chef and yeah. just kept him cooking you know and um because I I'm so uh particular about him feeling real and being for adults and kids and like to not sort of kidify it or to adultify it you know um so that's like what I love about him and to Nickelodeon's point like it's really hard to make a ton of seasons on one character and a ton of stories on what you know so um I think to the benefit of the kids show we made more characters and like we you know Henry and Ruby came from that and I, I put certain rules in place that felt right to me and they were very respectful of like I didn't want the caterpillar to be talking on the show, you know, <laughs> like, but again, it was another process of like really having to let go of this preconceived notion of what yeah. I thought it should be and stay and, you know, and it it's again, it's that sort of like, well, if you just keep jumping and not gripping this thing so hard, like, fun can come out of this and it doesn't you know it, it's a um so then how do you make hard creative decisions when you're getting pushback on like you know somebody say like, we really want this caterpillar to talk and you just feel that it shouldn't talk like how do you how do you judge what is a good decision for this concept that you've you've been running with when you know you you've been taking it's kind of like kind of how you've described it it's like a ball rolling in different ways and it goes down here and then it like goes down this way and that way and it takes up these different influences along the way how do you direct that in a way that feels good for you when you also don't have like a hardcore like this is the concept I originally wanted to run with I think um it's I'm better at it now than I was in the beginning. In the beginning, everything made me angry. And I just felt like <laughs> I didn't want to change anything. And it just, everything was so scary. So it just, it everything was 
hard to um you felt angry like like all these people that are pushing back don't understand what this is and like i've worked so hard to get this thing and yeah yeah and i think also like not i didn't expect to have to do a lot of the like to add those characters and you know and i think when i i feel like my expectations are different than what they end up being i'm angry you know like this yeah. is what i thought was going to happen and and i think you know um now it realizing you know like i think peewee herman's a good example of like you know peewee's playhouse was a, a show for kids and i think all ages but you know there was a lot of magical things in that show but when you see the movie it's sort of a different thing but peewee is still peewee and he can exist yeah. in different uh like sort of formats and he's still peewee and i you know that's how i think of chef now more that in the preschool show he's he's an actor on the preschool show yeah. and utensils talk and you know um i think uh what i try to do now instead of just pushing back is is well, why am I pushing back and what, what rub, what bumps me on that, that choice. And if it's something specific, usually there's like a creative solve that mm. gets everyone to like a pretty happy place. And, you know, um, I think instead of just rejecting things, you, you have to sort of consider like, well, does this make the show funnier or give it more life or give it things that like preschool kids will love and like is there a way instead of just rejecting it and now stopping the conversation is there a way that I can take this thing and maybe make it funnier that I like it too you know so when you're you know when you're working with a network it's a collaboration it's not your way is the only way to go you know and I think that's something you have to kind of like accept and then learn how to um play well with others you know like no one wants to play with someone who is hoarding the ball doesn't ever share the, you know like it's everything can be like <laughs> reduced to like a kindergarten playground like it's the same rules you know um did did working on tv shows and movies for years and years before you know being the creative uh creator and director etc on your own show give you a lot of interesting perspective because you said you were yearning while working on other stuff you were yearning to make your own thing so but you'd already been in the pipeline for many many years and like had seen how it worked and you know talked to the directors etc and now now it's your turn <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean I think you know you always kind of hear through through the grapevine of like what the network notes are like how <laughs> much it's irritating the director, you know, or like, you know, um, and I think, uh, I kind of knew, but I think everything's different when you're in it. Um, and I think, you know, I genuinely really like our execs, you know, I think we got like really smart, funny execs that we work with, you know, so it's like, when you say a network it just feels like this like behemoth company and it right. is yeah. but ultimately it's your 
contacts are just these like people, you know, like you're the five people you work with. And I think when you're lucky, like you like those five people and you respect each other's opinions. And I think it can also go really well. And in many ways they made the show better than I would have had I just kept right. this all for myself and not let anyone play, you know? And I think opening it up to um, hearing different opinions and where they're coming from. And, you know, I think that's a skill set in itself that like you should get better at because it, it doesn't help you to, um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's that some people it's like, they do want to play alone and you should like, don't, don't get involved with the network <laughs> if you don't want to change any of your ideas, you know? Uh, uh, but I think it's like sort of being open to like, well, what world does this open up? And maybe there's something, you know, some of the characters I was like, not into inventing, like I really enjoy now, you know? So it's like, you kind of have to, be open yeah. <laughs> I think that comes with time and experience it, it's like I don't know it's I'm not even that great at it now but I'm better than when I started yeah I mean it's like it's like a lot of artists dreams to be like I want to see my ideas on the big screen and then they don't realize uh <laughs> in that process the, you have to change <laughs> a lot of your ideas and at the heart of it I'm wondering maybe we can just back up a bit so like before Nickelodeon you were you you moved back to Portland you're working on Tiny Chef full-time you had this book deal but there's also like you know there's there's uh multiple people working on Tiny Chef you had other people animating sometimes I think you had voice actors you had like tons of stuff so like how were you um able to continuously invest for years uh on this concept when it before it like hit big like you know like i i'm just i know you had like uh you know like you were selling you had like an online shop and stuff uh you were also working but like what was the investment it actually took to like keep this this running as a standalone thing without you know a big force backing it so we um Book advance was like decent enough that we could build his uh, tree stump. Hmm. So that was like the first investment that sort of just got us to get some assets going. And we we worked with um, Ancient Order of the Wooden Skull and worked in their shop. So we didn't have to like get a studio yet. You know, like we we just played it really slim, you know, and then uh, Imagine Entertainment w was, uh, you know, uh, interested in getting involved too. So they'd made a investment and mm -hmm. are like partners with us. So that carried us through, um, until the, did they, did they come to you as well? Or were you actively trying to seek outside investors? No, they, they came to us. So, so, um, they, so they were like, Hey, we see this thing that you're doing. It's getting a lot of attention. I think you, you might've had like a million followers on like uh, TikTok or Instagram at that point. And they're like, we want to invest. We want to become partners and invest in you to keep this going because we think that something's going to happen further down the line, essentially. Yeah. So 
I'm curious about, I don't know how much you want to speak to this, but like, you know, when somebody invests like that in a significant amount of money, you know, creative decisions, uh, rights, royalties, like are all, all those things had to be discussed at that time? So we were very clear. Um, like, I feel like, I felt like I was old enough and had watched enough people's properties sort of be I was old enough. Shelved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, thankfully, it happened when I was old enough to kind of like know to protect this thing. You know, if I was going to put so much time and yeah. energy and love into this thing, I didn't want anyone to be able to put him on a shelf. Like, I yeah, just right. was they like, like buy the rights and they never do anything with it. That happens so often. Yeah. And so, luckily, like, it wasn't a sketch on a piece of paper you know which doesn't give you a lot of leverage it was like we had so much developed already you know and like so it was a easier we had an easier time saying we, we are not interested in selling this or giving up um the rights so um imagine you know understood that and like imagine was great because they they saw the potential. They also saw the potential with Nickelodeon. So it was sort of like this. Um, creatively, they they stepped out of the way. You know, they helped shepherd the first season through. Like they were helpful. So, so what uh, what year did Imagine partner with you then? Um, because I, I know like these things take years in development because, you know, it's only in second season on Nickelodeon, but I, like <laughs> behind the scenes. I think it was like 2018 or 2019. So, pretty, um, so that's, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's pretty close to you coming home from New Zealand, right? Yeah. So oh. we got a book deal. Kristen Bell got on board. That was also helpful. Right, I wanted she, to ask, how does that? Yeah, it's like a... a a lot of things like happened. I mean, it, like, so Kristen DM'd us and she was just like, I love this. And if you guys want help, you know, wow. making this a show, I'm like, I'm here to help. And so um, we met up with her, like we came out to LA and met up with her and her uh, production partner, Morgan Sackett. And they, you know, just talked with them about what we want to do and what, you know ab about us you know and they were great like they they you know partnered with us too and um so it was very helpful when imagine was interested like morgan and Kristen came with us to like those pitch meetings wow of just like um yeah so they they were super helpful um and still are like they're amazing so what, um, what was it like getting all this attention when you were like, I want to dive in into this thing that I've been thinking about since school and finally I'm doing it. And then suddenly, uh, you know, there's a timeline of like crazy events happening. Like, you know, it's A-list celebrity getting in touch with you. Imagine entertainment wanting to make a deal, uh, you know, millions of people around the world enjoying your stuff. Like what, how are you feeling through all this? <laughs> I mean, unfortunately, <laughs> I think I was just really scared. Like, I, I think uh, it was great, but I was so nervous that um, 
like I was going to be pressured to like ruin him it was going to ruin him or we were mm. making the wrong choices like I think in the moment there was like just so much anxiety because there were so many decisions we had to make and there were so many contracts to sign and once you're in contract signing zone it's awful because like the people you're meeting and the meetings are nice and they're like get it and they love the creative and like you're like vibing you're like this is amazing and then you get to the contract and like lawyers are writing those like <laughs> it's not like the nice person you met in the room it's like that company's lawyer is like writing those contracts so the contract phases of everything was just very hard and took forever and cost a lot of money and you know yeah. and what it was stressful i mean it was it was like simultaneously amazing because it it felt like it was again organically happening we weren't like begging networks to do a show like there it was just us sitting in create creativity and like just feeling so in our, like, I just felt so in my lane. I was like, I'm, this is coming completely from my soul. And I like, this wasn't built to make these things happen. This was just built as something that feels so right for me. And I'm so glad these things are happening and that other people see this thing too. And they love it the way I love it. And so that was, amazing but it I wasn't building this thing for that so it yeah. wasn't like oh finally we got the thing it was sort of like is this the right thing for him is it right to do a preschool show you know like so I was grappling with all these decisions that were being made really fast and uh so it was like a such a slew of emotions you know mm. um and simultaneously keeping the socials alive, like keeping Chef alive, you know, and like kind of keeping that creative going. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, like, yeah, the, it felt like the right people came to the table. That's what felt very good. Like Kristen Bell felt very right for this. And she, five years later, still feels very right for this. You know, like it's been a great partnership and Imagine was a great part. Like, and Nickelodeon has been a great partner. Like, the, like the right people showed up. It, you know, it's just hard to get through like the the contract phase of it all. And like, you know, when you get down to like legal language, it's like, oof, oof. yeah, right. And these big companies, they have they've been doing this for so long. They know they have people full time doing this. And then you're like, hi, it's me. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll get I a lawyer. My, I brought my brother who, who I brought my brother and school. a little puppet in his hand. <laughs> yeah. Does this also mean that you're rejecting things that didn't feel right at the same time? Or just like, uh, like, cause also this, this sounds very anxiety inducing because there's no, there's no like right answer and there's no wrong answer. You're just like trying to make the best answer that doesn't end up you know, suddenly you sign a contract that means you don't have, I don't know, creative control on this thing and that ruins it. Or like, you know, you sign the wrong deal for something else and then Nickelodeon comes along and you're like, ah, well, like, ah, that ruined that. And like, so, you know, were you also doing pushback for things that didn't feel right along the way too? 
yeah, I think you're constantly having to make decisions about what's right and what's not right anymore. Like you're, when you sort of build something and you keep it going, like you're always faced with those decisions. Like, and- Well, I'm even wondering, like the original people involved, obviously the voice actor, et cetera, is the same, but you know, the original, maybe you worked with an animator originally and then they couldn't work on the show. And like, I don't know if that stuff happens too. And then, you know, like, does everybody come along on the ride as well? No. <laughs> and it's not always like for um reason like you know we made the first season of Manchester so all those animators are you know still in right. England you know um this started in New Zealand then it went to Portland then it went to LA and then the, during the pandemic it went back to Portland then it went back to LA then we went to Manchester and now we're back in it like it's jumped to so many cities you know like so and you go through, I think, so many, um, you scale up, you know, so, like, your needs are different than they were at the beginning. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it, we. I think we're, we've been doing it for six years now. So it's like, you just learn a lot. We're constantly learning. It's just this constant, it's like you're in school, but every lesson is, like, real it's like real time. It's not like a book lesson. <laughs> it's like a painful, like, you know, pain, it's a lot of painful lessons that you're learning on the job. But um, what was maybe get a super hard lesson to, to learn in, in the production phase? Um, Uh, there's so many. I mean, yeah. like, um, yeah. I mean, I'm trying to think of one that I could say. <laughs> well, we could. We could. <laughs> I'm also curious, like, how big is the production team for a show like Tiny Chef? Because it's not like, because you know, I pitched stop motion as around two uh, for shows, and a lot of the networks have never worked with stop motion before and they just don't know and they think it's super expensive and super timely and like you know tiny chef has a couple of characters some backgrounds some different like you know i'm just curious like what is the production what's the team like so the first season was um in manchester and i i think we had like maybe eight animators um I'm trying to think how many we had, but I think the crew is probably about a hundred when it was all said and done. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, I think like um, season one was such a like really tough. It was really hard because it was my first season of a show, like show running, which I never like done or knew how to do and it was Nick's I think first experience with like that level of a stop motion show we were working with that production company for the first time um it was like everybody's everyone was like new 
So it was so scary. It was just like hard to trust anything. We were taking one character and turning it into multiple characters and trying to make a show out of this like cooking show, but it had a story in it. But it was also like, there were so many things that were like hard to trust and like, um, it was just scary and it was hard. And, you yeah. know, the number of scripts that we had to write to sort of find it and like, kind of just go like, we just got to go. We, I like literally what happened was we just ran out of time and it was just like, we just have to start producing this movie, <laughs> you know, because it was like, once you have a season, you can kind of go, here's the format. Here's the, here's the template yeah, of what us. you're making. But when you're doing that for the first time and it's, it's already weird. It's, it's different. It's like, when do you know to jump, you know? And often it's just like, well, just time runs out <laughs> and you have to jump. So we jumped and you know, it was, but I think some of that, like very, that energy can be really good for something too, because you, you're forced to start making like guttural decisions because like, I, I don't know I just wanted it to be good and funny. So there was moments on the floor. I was like, let's just do this thing because it's funny. And like, let's just, let's just do it. Like, you, you know, and I think sometimes overthinking it or over planning or overwriting it um, can ruin that sort of odd energy that you get from not totally knowing if something's right. You just have to like do it, make it weird and um, just trust it, you know? Interesting. So like now, you know, you've been through two seasons. What is something you would do immediately? Cause you're just like, I know this has to be done and, and like right away. And I know how to do it now. Like in terms of. Like production starts again. You're like, okay, been there, done that. Figured out all the twerks, twerks, tweaks, whatever. Well, so season two is still happening. So that's like happening in Portland now. So I'm not on the floor this season. Um, but I think like, you know, it's not something just you have to learn like the whole group has to learn like you need to <laughs> here you are changing lock. production from manchester to portland to yeah <laughs> so you, you know it's like a new production company so you're redeveloping a relationship you're um it's a lot of in a lot of ways it's like season one again but you kind of i think that's what's tough and beautiful about production is like it's it's not one person like everyone has to learn this thing together everyone has to agree together like you 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 can know like oh we need these animatics blocked right. or this is going right. to be this mess but it, everyone has to like go Makes you know yeah. i'm also wondering you know uh maybe this is a little bit of a different question but like there's the trope of like, okay, you have your own show. Now you're rich. Now you have it made. You're famous, blah, blah. Like how true is that from your experiences? Like, you know, at first you're an animator where the work is consistent until the movie or the the show is done and then you're out of work. And it's like, it's like feast or famine up and down. Now you, I, I guess for like the past, uh, maybe 
five, 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 six years, you've just been running your own thing. You know, like, is this like, is this it for you? Like, is, is, I guess what I'm asking is like, you know, is that trope of like, you're made, you're fine. You know, you get a lot of money, you get a lot of blah, blah, blah. Is that, is that true in your experience? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I I don't know. Um, it's hard to tell, like, if you did things differently, if that would be true. But, um, you know, that first season, I was more broke than I think I've ever been. Like, that's crazy. Was, like, I know. So, so then but, but, how do you, yeah. like, that sounds so stressful and like you're working harder than you ever have. And maybe the hard work is distracting you from your fridge being there. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy stressful. It was very, very stressful. And it, it, it we'd have, it'd have to be its own podcast to talk through well, we could Season do episode one. two. <laughs> it's like, okay, so like, you know, that as a as an animator and artist and like creator myself, like, you know, part of what I want to do with stop motion is bring more stop motion to Canada uh, because there's so many people here that just don't have any opportunity. And so they just, they can't, they can't animate at all. But also I want to do it in a way that is like, it's like, you're going to be okay doing this career. It's not like mm -hmm. you have to give up and sacrifice a lot to make it happen because there is like there is for some people it is a starving artist thing and you know other people they're doing very well in animation too but like it's it's my dream partially to like create projects that also you know feed families of of artists and so like mm -hmm. i don't know it's it's interesting to hear that such a big show that has such a like you know from an outside perspective, Tiny Show has millions of millions and millions of followers, tons of content, you know, celebrities backing it, uh, Nickelodeon, one of the biggest networks in the world for kids backing it. And then to hear that, you know, it was, it was you, you're the most broke, <laughs> maybe and in a while now. working it, on it. In no, your no, first no. Season. Yeah, yeah. First season was just rough. I, I Like now I'm, I'm okay. Like I um, make a consistent paycheck, you know, and um. But the, I mean, part of it is like we're running our own studio in LA. Like, so, like, part of it is like reinvesting in the studio and like right. not paying myself to save the studio. Like, so there's so many right. elements to it. And like, like maybe we get a co brand deal with Chef, but like that money now has to support an overhead of the studio. It's not just like one person doing makeup and you get a co-brand deal and you're like minted, you know, like, because you have no overhead, your makeup and your camera is your overhead. So it's, it's, ex it's expensive. And the fact that like, it does take, you know, multiple talented people to do the thing, you know, like once you build it up and you scale it, you now have a lot of people on board and, um, I wouldn't say like I think like ultimately successful things bring in money and if there's successful stop motion shows or movies it will bring in money you know and I think I 
I think you kind of have to like love the thing more than you love money. Right. And that's, I guess it sucks, but it's like, um, I don't know. It's, it's such a like, uh, I mean, I also understand that sentiment. Nobody, nobody looks at like top earning careers and, and stop motion is up there and they're like, Oh my gosh, yeah. well, obviously I'm going to become a star. No, Finally. no. Every stop motion animator is in it because they can't do anything else. Like I, I have a past career in business and I, for like 10 years and I quit that to do animation just because I couldn't, I couldn't escape it. <laughs> so like, yeah, it, I, t I totally get that. And you do it, you do it for the love and you hope that, you know, uh, other people see how much you love it and want to, and want to jump on that and support it. And, and you do things that are successful too. I guess I, I, I just like, you know, from like an outside perspective is it, it tiny chef just looks like so much success. Like even like people that don't know anything about animation, like friends from like high school, like send it to me being like, have you seen this stop motion animation? Like everybody's seen this thing. So like, I'm just curious, you know, does how, how is it on the financial end of things when you have such a largely produced mm. and seen thing, which I'm it's totally fine what you, your experience is going through that. And it makes sense too. like, you know, you have so much overhead keeping a production studio alive and the people and, and the, the costs associated with that. I think, I mean, I think there's like a lot of potential, you know, still. So I, you know, what I like, ultimately, I think, you know, I I definitely wanted to make something that was not branded stop motion as much as it was just branded this thing that people like. And, yeah. oh, that's stop motion. Like, you figure that out later or you don't, you know. Um, but I wanted to definitely think outside of that bubble of, like, of what it is. I just... Um, I wanted it to be for everyone in in all the ways, you know, and I think um I think you know ultimately to be financially like a big success like um it it really needs to make Nickelodeon money, you know, and they have to offset what it costs, which is a it is it's a ton of money <laughs> you know and like so and you have to I think for the show to be successful you have to see a long-term potential and like um and it's you know it's 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 uh I don't I don't know I I think I so believe in it you know and I so believe in chef regardless of the show or not you know i i i am i am like married to this thing like there's no divorce in my you know like, right. so i i i'm i'm just really like in love with it and i think um my thinking my like hope and feeling is like you do your best work and you fall in love with it and you put that love into it and success comes from that. And yeah. like, 
I'm not so great at the business side of things, but like, I'm good at putting my soul into this thing. And I'm, I'm just like, it's going to work out, <laughs> which is like, <laughs> probably not the best way to think about it. But I, you know, that's, I have to move forward that way. Um, because I just think it's, uh, I don't know, the best way to go through life is like, really believing in something. And yeah you know not trying to control every piece of it but just controlling the piece that you can do like have the most effect on totally that that makes that makes a lot of sense and i think you have a really good sense for that too because even though like since i've been following tiny chef it has taken different turns it's always felt uh like authentic and um like the same somehow, even from the very beginnings, like even when it was singing like silly songs or like uh, like dressing up as like a Star Wars thing or like you did this thing where it was like going around the world or something and you're like, where's it going to be next? Like it always felt always it always it always felt like the tiny chef and it and like the, I, I, I like what you said about like, you know, tiny chef is this character that's like acting in a preschool show and and it that makes a lot of sense to me and like the authenticity and like your love for tiny chef comes through i'm wondering how much is tiny chef's personality and what he does and says influenced by other people like is he a is does he have a mind of his own now that other like or is he very tied to what like are you very uh i guess controlling maybe that's a bad word of what of what he is and does and thinks and feels and is afraid of and is excited about or is he more like he's such a confirmed personality that you can give him to a writer and they'll write oh, 10 episodes and it'll still feel the same? I think it's like he's kind of like going towards the latter. I think he's mm -hmm. um, I can read a script and know if a line is something he would say or not. Right. Like, I feel like I know him pretty well. And but again, like being open to like him surprising us that it is still important you know and yeah. um but so, i know in my gut if something's right or wrong or if some you know someone animates him in a way and like that's not him you know and or that's totally him and it's hard to like pinpoint exactly why sometimes but um that feels very true i guess fair i'm wondering what other like career opportunities has this opened up for you like if you ever decide uh to you know tiny chef is is the world is taking it and and you want to try something new or different uh you know you're obviously a, a very seasoned amazing stop motion animator already uh, so there's that and now you have directing show running and creator chops and producing chops uh like where where like is your career is it easier for you to now have opportunities for other things or is is it like I don't know I haven't really like entered the workforce um to know if that translates I mean I'm guessing it would you know um I very much trust my opinions on things like I feel like I could be a really good producer on someone else's show and give opinions I could back and um I feel like I could direct. I feel like 
you know, I think it's just these things that like, I always kind of thought I could do, but then you just do them and you're like, oh, I can do this. Right. Um, <laughs> oh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I guess I can do this thing. Um, I would, yeah, I think it'd be fun to um, be like an executive producer on, a, on, a, on another show and you know, help someone else's, like help shape someone else's vision. I think that that could be, I could be into that. Um, but I don't know. I, I'm hoping to always pave my own path, you know, like I really enjoy um, creating my job. Like I, I feel like my job description now is like, I don't even know. I don't know what I am, but I like that. Like I like right. just like creating the thing and uh, being good at this thing that's undefinable. Um, so I like that a lot. So I think it'd be hard to get away from cr creating something new. And sure, I mean, it sounds like you're just following the fun, which is which is what other people have said it to end up with the best career ever. <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've grilled you on so many different things. Is there anything that you uh, want to be grilled on, or? Or, you know, I don't want to take up all your time, but is there anything that, you know, you want to talk about still or from your experience and your journey or just what else you're seeing out there? Or um, I guess maybe one last question for me is like stop motion is such a rare thing in in like kids media and just like TV in general. Do you think that um, other other I guess like because I am faced with this all the time as I'm pitching stop motion shows. Do you think your experience in the tiny chefs has opened up more opportunity for like even for just Nickelodeon to take on stop motion shows. I hope so. I think, um, I, the thing that I think the thing that's like really amazing about stop motion is the process sort of like forces magic because of how tangible it is on each step. So I just feel like just by the process, process you get people's soul involved in this thing and i i think like that is irreplaceable and i think you know if you get a stop motion show green lit and it's a good idea and it's um it's good you're you're gonna get this magic that's it's irreplaceable because of the process. Like even if it looks just like CG or CG looks like stop motion, like mm. the fact that people are touching this thing and like it i i just i feel like you 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 could accidentally get magic because <laughs> because like you can't really phone in the process yeah. so you get people who care and they want this thing to look good the prop to look good the set to look good you're like painting it like so i i, I feel like just in the process the the thing ends up being like you can feel it on the other end you can feel all that magic that people put into it on the other end of it and for that reason i think it's worth doing stop motion because you're you're gonna get something that like is is different in that way totally yeah I, I have to apologize. I said, is there anything you want to discuss? And then I asked you another question. But is there is there anything you want to discuss <laughs> still? <laughs> well, what's your process for pitching? Oh gosh. Um uh well I first first step <laughs> 
is to try to find something I really connect with. If it's like a silly character or a, a world that I'm obsessed with or, and I, I draw a lot from like experiences I had as a child or just like stop motion for me is just like me sitting at home bored when I was a kid, not being able to do much and just in my room with like craft materials and like a glue gun. And I, I didn't even have any, I had like maybe like five glue sticks. So I had to like reuse the hot glue even when I was like done with the craft because there was none left. So I would like take it all apart and like push it back through the hot glue gun to use it. Wow. But like for me, like the creativity and storytelling just comes from like that very like place of just like crafting and trying to make up silly characters. And then, so I have a, you know, I have a couple of pitches. One is, one is for the Silly Duck Wizard. I guess listeners might uh, be familiar with that, but that was something I created when I went to Sheridan College. And it was really just like this really silly character. It was an opportunity to use a voice actor I was obsessed with. And um, it just came from my love of like fantasy and magic and silly little stupid ducks and trying to just tell as many jokes visually as and like with audio as possible in like a very dry way and like building a whole world around that. And then all of my pitches that I've done, I've I've tried to like test to see how they would resonate. So I like spend like my la my latest one, I spent like months and months like drawing characters and creating stories and et cetera. And so I, I've pitched them all at the pitching competitions here in Canada. So like the Toronto Animation Festival and the Ottawa Animation Festival. Um, and I've, I've, I've won them a couple of times, which has been amazing. And that's been giving me opportunity to like pitch around. Um, and then it's just a, it's just like trying to see who else is in love with the idea really and trying to partner with those people. So I feel very fortunate that my first one, Silly Duck Wizard is optioned by a production company, which has been amazing. And that's a journey to get it made. And then my other, my other couple of ones, um, I did a round of pitching, um and learned a lot about what people do and do not love about it and so now i have to come back and and really figure out what is it that i that really resonates with me that i can't change and what is it that resonates with an audience and then like cutting the fluff so like while you were talking about your tiny chef experience where you're just you know you're posting all the time and playing the social game like i've i've thought about doing that so often but like it's it sounds like so much work rather than like like i'm trying to like skip the process and go right to the people who have the money to be like here's a really great mm -hmm. idea that i hope people connect with and like trying to sell to them versus like here's the social proof of something that already connects with people and then having people come to me but maybe i should maybe i should try that way because uh definitely try that one it's I've, I've talked with a lot of people that this is how they've they've done it um also for me like like it's something that's on my mind constantly in my own journey like I started I went back to school for animation in 2018 and then I did school for three years and then I've only been working professionally for two and a half years so I still feel like I'm Tr like getting my animation chops and learning and and stuff in before I like I want to I want to like establish myself as an animator somewhat before I really take my time to like do something because I still feel like I'm learning a lot I guess so like I'd rather hit the ground running versus like figure out how to animate and things while posting at the same time and that's just really a big excuse for 
uh <laughs> not going in i know <laughs> yeah <laughs> so uh yeah it's i i just have to start really i mean i find your i find your story so inspiring it's because because i've been following you from like i don't i don't like i have seen the banjo thing and like uh, I it might have been from the beginning, just because I think I was following you because you were an animator that I had heard of originally. So uh, and and it's it's been so cool watching the journey of the Tiny Chef and then seeing that you got picked up by Nickelodeon was like, oh, my gosh, it's amazing. And I've even used you as an example in pitches I've done, like, you know, the Nickelodeon's got the Tiny Chef, blah, 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 blah. So, yeah, uh, I have no excuses. This is me just talking myself in circles to say why I haven't started yet. <laughs> 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 yeah I mean I I think you know also like yeah I I feel two ways I mean I think like you'll start when you're ready to start yeah. and and what's kind of cool is like like just sort of get rid of the um the finish line like thinking that you know what that is because right. like literally if I followed the path I thought this I would be making tiny food and like selling tiny food on Etsy which is like I probably would have been happy doing that like you know what I mean like I was really happy making tiny food <laughs> like it was a lot less stressful you know um yeah. but <laughs> <That's> like <laughs> like I just think you know like it it's so cliche but it's true it's like the journey is like the fun part so like mm. starting this thing and like what better way to learn how to animate than like doing these things like starting yeah. to see your vision take shape and I feel like you learn so much by doing and like and then when you're in a pitch room, like even if you just do a few of these and just get started and just start seeing things visually, like you're knowing then what your guardrails are in a pitch meeting, you'll have a better idea because you'll you'll have seen it. You'll have like put some some like sweat into it, which I think helps you understand what you like to. Like I I just can't emphasize that enough. Like tiny chef was not the thing it was not a vision it like it was it happened by yeah. process it came through from process and it wasn't like this great idea that we achieved it was like we literally go get a light from home depot go get a phone and a dragon frame subscription and just start like Cause it's like, you'll get there faster, even though like, you're like, no, I need investment. Like, or this, like you'll get there faster, even though it feels ridiculously slow by just doing it because you'll, everyone will have a better understanding of what you like and you'll have a better, like, it feels like the slower, more painful process, but I just think it's faster and more fun than I, being in pitches, you know. I mean, I, mean? I agree like, with you one hundred percent. And like, if you had pitched the Tiny Chef right from that shed in New Zealand, it wouldn't have been the same thing. That it, it people wouldn't have understood it. Uh, what do you mean, like a green little like <laughs> to chefs who can't speak? 
proper English. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh no, it wouldn't have gone anywhere. <laughs> I mean, okay, as you were as you were talking about this, I do I do have an so like the reason I'm in animation is because uh, like I was in I was just a, a business marketing guy, and then like my my brother just wanted like a picture from me because I used to doodle in high school, so he's like just doodle me something for Christmas. And I didn't want to do it. So I did it. And then I enjoyed the process and I started doing it every day. And then my coworker, Allison was like, make me a picture too. And then like, I just started drawing every day and I did that every day for a whole year. And that turned into me meeting people at animation studios and like creating a whole book and like selling it. And then like going to animation school. And then now I'm an animator. So like hundred percent, I just you. had the, I just had the idea or like I started a process and I ended up completely somewhere else that I never thought I would be. And then here I am being like, I don't believe in that anymore. I'm just going to go straight to the end goal. Cause it takes so much time and effort to do this every day. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, clearly it's in you. Yeah. Like you, you also have this podcast. Like there's, there's like, clearly you've got examples of like, you did the thing. You just did the thing and i'm guessing like podcasting wasn't like you knew every single thing before you jumped in you know what i mean yeah. like you probably learned a lot along the way oh yeah i had no idea what i was i didn't want to do a podcast it was my coworker trying to convince me to start it when i was at an animation conference when i had i didn't i, I had no work to show and i had no reason to talk to anybody he's like just ask them to be on a podcast i was like i don't have a podcast <laughs> He's like, create one right there. And so I did. And now I here we are that. six years later, doing it every single week, talking with hundreds of people around the world. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to like trap yourself. <laughs> well, that's that's another thing is like, I, I'm also somebody that like commits to stuff. And like, I know once I start, I can't stop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Same. But, and then yeah. you're like, do I want to be on that roller coaster? Yeah. But like, no, I, I, I very value, I very much value what you said about like, just, just doing it. And like, you're going to learn on the job, on the process and it's going to become this thing and it's going to be bigger and better than you would have made it if you never started it and just like wrote it as an idea on a piece of paper. So I, I just have to, I just have to find the right motivation in me to just start and commit to something. And for you, it sounded like it kind of started when you were on Wes Anderson's film and you're like, where am I going to go from here? Like, <laughs> what is, what is going to be cooler than working on a stop motion film by Wes Anderson? <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I, yeah. Yeah. In, in, in your, I guess your thirties. Right. So like <laughs> you had to, yeah. that was the right motivation for you to, to hit the ground running with your own stuff. Well, to be fair, you know, like it, there was like a two, year delay you know like I also think it's okay to give up the idea of something you think you want like I think it's okay to be like I don't want that right now yeah you know what I mean like I think it's okay to drop things too and they might come back. like I want I've wanted to make a show for fucking like 10 years you know like more than that like you know I was like I have something to say but like it just wasn't the right time and like yeah. there was i think you're in different flows of your life where like that can drop in and it's the right timing or it's like it's going to be a struggle every yeah. step of the way and it just might not be the right time and that's okay like i i think we just all have like a rhythm to our life that like you kind of have to tap and like what's Maybe I'm just getting input right now. Like maybe you're just getting input 
and yeah, like I mean, let it like marinate and then when you're ready like totally. you'll go it yeah i'm a big believer in the right time like even like even though i have an animation career now if i had tried to do this five years ago or five years before i started I, I wouldn't be in the same place. I think I would be like super stressed out. I would give up a lot. Like you're in a different mindset of where you are in your life. And if it's not, if it's not the right time, it's not the right time. Don't try to, don't try to like force it. And then like at the same time, at least in my life, when I've been, when I've been like, when I found like the right reason, like nothing is stopping me, if that makes sense. Like I'm like yeah. at it every day. I'm looking for like the right opportunities. I'm trying to connect with the right people until I like keep doing it until something happens. Um, so like, yeah, it, it's, I'll say it's not the right time for me right now. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. <laughs> no, it's, uh, that's a, thanks for, thanks for asking the question. It's a, it's a, it's an interesting topic, especially for people who are in the creative, creative field, because like, there's no, there's no like set path in this career, especially like you said, you know, like, uh, like your career has gone all over the place and, and you kind of have to be okay with that. And if you're not okay with it, you're, gonna you're gonna make the wrong decisions i guess if that makes sense um like you know in my business career for instance like i went to business school i got the right internships i started at the as an analyst i worked my way up to assistant then i was a uh, manager then i was you know blah 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 there's like even though your career like you work at different companies there's like set paths director executive blah blah like you you know what it you need an mba you get you do it you get the next job like you know exactly where you're going essentially because like all companies are set up very similarly when you're an artist <laughs> you're like okay i'm making like last year i had to like make paper mache maps for like some documentary and then I, the next week i'm like making like 2d animations for a video game and then like i don't know what i'm doing next <laughs> Yeah, it's very unpaved. Yes. <laughs> it's like bushwhacking your way through life, like constantly. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's it. So is there anything else you wanted to, you know, I don't want to take up your whole evening, but uh, is there anything else you want to discuss as we're, as we're chatting still? There was something that came to me, but I, it's slipping out. But that I was just thinking, though, like, man it, it'll be interesting once all your worlds combine because the amount of people that you've met that you can probably like pull together and your background in business like I just think you're going to do something so interesting like you're you have such an interesting like I don't know I'm excited for you Terry like I, I just think like oh what you have a business background you're doing a podcast where you're meeting so many you have like the best networking at your fingertips you have creative ideas like i just like think you can pull all these worlds together and like do something really cool you know it's interesting for you to say that because i even when you said before like you have a voice and you wanted to make a tv show like i i feel i don't know how to describe it but i feel like there's something in me that isn't out yet and it's like yeah all these life experiences i've had are like searching searching down that path like it's like I like I wanted to be in business I wanted to get into marketing I really enjoyed it and like I reached a point where I was like I'm doing well and this is progressing for me but it doesn't it doesn't feel like I feel like I'm going too far down a path that's like not internally me I guess if that makes sense so it it's I, I 
<laughs> you're right. <laughs> From an outside perspective, yeah, I have all these interesting experiences. And yeah, the podcast, like I know hundreds of people now in every studio of the world, basically. Um, and uh, yeah, it's, it's, I don't, I don't, I haven't figured out exactly what that thing is yet. I feel like mm -hmm. even this animation path, I know it's getting closer, but I still feel like it's, it's not like hitting the, the like mark in the middle somehow. And I'm not sure what that thing is. So, and my only recourse is just to keep exploring these, these avenues until uh, I feel like they don't hit well enough, I guess, anymore. So yeah, I'm, ex I'm excited too, but it's also like, it's also like, I've never had, like, I want to do this in my life. It's just, when I think about my future, yeah. it just, it just feels there's, there's nothing. It's a void. I don't even know what it is, if that makes <laughs> sense. Like, it's not like I have to hit this mark. Yeah, it's much. like, I haven't figured it out yet, I guess. Yeah. I mean, just like somebody who definitely. Yeah. I mean, I think we have, I think we probably have a lot of crossover because I feel like I just get a sense you're super curious and like you're intaking a lot, like you're curious about <laughs> things. And I think I'm the same way. Like there's um, like, I just remember being on Coraline and just people were like, I've been animating since I was five. I like, oh <laughs> I was <my> like what? <laughs> I was like, there's people here who just knew this was for them and like followed it and got there. And I was like, so not that was so not my like I was did you feel envious of that? like meeting somebody who's just figured it out and they've arrived and they're there and they're doing the thing uh, yes like in a lot of ways I think there's like comfort in that like I have a goal and I got there and I'm happy like there's animators who are happy animating you know <laughs> what I mean like I like and they can do it for the rest of their life because it's like it's their passion and it is like a never-ending well of uh getting better and exploring and I'm I don't feel like that person like I'm yeah. like if it's the wrong job if I don't have enough creative freedom you know like I'm just like constantly like kind of looking for something new to play with and like I don't even feel like a stop motion animator like and I am one but it wasn't like a a career goal that I hit and that's what I am I don't feel like a director yeah I can direct but I don't like it, yeah. it I, these things never have felt like the end goal and I got it and so I guess in some ways it's like great because you're always exploring the next thing you're just like looking for new things but in some ways it's like well what is your identity like what is the end goal <laughs> and like I don't know either like I don't know like what's the next thing or but but I definitely relate to like not knowing and I just getting comfortable with that I think is like okay because I, I see me I see like little me's like 20 year old me's we're like, I don't know what I'm like, don't worry about it. Like you, you're just going to, you're going to find different things. You're going to do a lot of things probably. And something's going to stick and then maybe it unsticks and you're going to find something, you know, like, but you can't change that thing right. in you. 
and like, See, some like people want to be doctors and they're like doctors and they're they're content and happy I've, being I've, that and like man yeah I, I would like some of that sometimes because it's it must be like somewhat relaxing to know you're in the field you, you know and maybe creating is the field but that's it yeah. I, I feel comfortable creating that feels right like creating new things and like ideating yeah. feels right um, so you even though you feel like there's a a void in your future you feel comfortable knowing that you it, it you don't know what's next i guess it's exciting because I, I haven't reached that stage yet like you know my my video game contract is ending in the next six months and i'm already thinking like all right i need to start making something happen so that i have something even though i've been fortunate enough that like since i was out of school like the stuff is just perfectly placed up for me which is amazing but i'm already like my my like anxiety is already like going off i guess if that makes sense because my previous career was like you get hired until you're fired like you, there's there's no, yeah or you move jobs um but i also like what you said about you know like for instance even though i'm an animator i had a really hard time even saying i'm an animator when i was full-time animating it just didn't it still feels weird. Yeah. It didn't feel right. Cause I'm like, well, I also like to write and I also like to, to like concept art. And I like to like all these other things. Like I like to sculpt and paint and like, I like to cook. <laughs> I don't know. So it, it just like, it, it feels so weird to like put my identity onto like a job. And, and I feel more comfortable now doing it just cause I know if I don't say that, like people, like I've had to write my bio for things so many times. <laughs> and like, I, if I don't say <laughs> that, like why? in there. Like yeah. it just, it's just easier, um, but you feel comfortable well, not knowing. I mean, I think there's like, the, I think what maybe the, sh like, not even just chef, but like, I've always had hobbies and stuff outside of work. So I think finding the next paycheck is one thing, like that is stressful. And yeah. like, um, I think maybe thinking of like your identity beyond finding the next paycheck is the way to get comfortable because it's like sometimes you just have to work and maybe it's another video game job but like there's going to be things you do outside of that video game job that might lead to a totally different job or like a totally different path and I think that's where the excitement is and that's where the newness is and like I've definitely animated on stuff because that's a skill that I have now and I can make money doing it and knowing like I made Tiny Chef during another full-time job. And like, I think just realizing you have all these hours outside of work, you know, that are yours and like yours to create the next thing with or just to have fun with or, you know, whatever. Um, so I think like just, it's, it's okay to like, the next thing might not be a job yet. It might be the hobby that you do outside of work that becomes a job or um but yeah now I just feel like I don't know like I th I think probably you kind of get like really aware of like the fact that like we just live once which is crazy it's crazy we just have like one go and you know like <laughs> i think like when you're 40 you just like start realizing like there's you're at the second half of your life now and it's like 
I think I just want to experience as much as I can before I die, you know, like just like really play in as many like things that interest me as I can that because none of it matters. It just doesn't. It's like, it's, it's hard. It's like jumping from like this wider point of view of like, none of this matters, like, (laughs) you know, in, in a fun way, like, uh, it's not as heavy as it feels because it's like we can do anything really like, and it's all going to end the same, which is it's liberating. And then kind of getting down to the, your day to day of like, well, what feels right right now? Like what feels like fun or new or like, right for right now and knowing you're probably going to take a million more paths as you go you know yeah it's uh it's uh i very much resonate with that too i mean uh i i have like a fear that i'm not gonna do all the things that i want to do because i'm gonna get caught up just like working to to like work i guess (laughs) if that makes sense like uh like i have creative things in my mind that I haven't even started because like, I'm like, I don't have enough time now. And and then work takes over and then all these other commitments take over and then in years pass and you haven't done anything. And like, I don't know. I think a lot of, I talk to a lot of artists who have that, have that creative thing they want to try or do, but they're so stuck in kind of the rat race of even just, even just working on creative stuff, like, like TV shows, which are amazing, but it becomes like a sense of security and like, mm-hmm. yeah, hundred percent. It just, if you're creating and doing things you enjoy, you're going to end up, I think you're going to end up better <laughs> provided you could pay the rent. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, I think a couple tricks I learned that work, like I know that feeling of like time slipping and I, I have had this in me for years. I haven't done anything about it. Like I know what that feels like and it's frustrating and, um, you start to think I'm never going to do it. You know, like I'm never going to do the the things that are in me. And I think like, like I've gotten better at that muscle, which is like, you kind of have to just jump off the cliff. Like you, yeah. you have to like buy, okay. If you want to like play tennis, you have to go buy a racket and like, buying the racket and maybe pay for a lesson you're now like financially committed to this thing that you've said for years you want to do and if you schedule the lesson you're going to go take the like and then you're playing tennis like like and I think just having those like truly tiny chef came from me being like I'm going to make tiny food and then like going online and making the first purchases that like buying the clay like just being like I'm spending my money on this thing and I'm now going to do it. Yeah. And then it just snowballs. Like it takes over. Like you don't have, it's like keeping that train going. is so much easier than like hitting the train to move, you know? So I think like those initial jumps are like, are it. And they, I, I think you get better at doing it when you do them. You're like, Oh yeah, I just have to jump. Just make this first jump, and then I'm gonna be like falling, and then <laughs> like something's gonna catch me, and like you know. But oh, it's exactly I'm, it's a hundred percent easier to keep something going than to start it from scratch. And like I always tell myself when I'm like procrastinating on something, like 
I always tell myself, like, remember the power of 20 minutes, because like the first 10 minutes, you just like get your mental space in the mode. The next minute, you I don't know, like you you're grabbing the thing and then 20 minutes go by, an hour goes by, two hours go by and you don't even realize you're still doing it because your your mind is now thinking about that thing. And all all your mind's attention is on that instead of like what you were doing before, which it's like so hard to like switch your whole mind over. But I don't know. For me, it's always like 20 20 minutes is all I need. It's just uh, getting, forcing myself up off the couch or whatever I'm doing to like do it. So yeah, the commitment thing makes sense. And also you had, <clears throat> you had like uh, social media commitment, I guess, too, to, to constantly. Yeah, post that helped me. Door. I was like, I made a, a commitment to myself. I was going to post once a day. And like, what was hard, and I think what was really important, and I still use now is like, I would make food and I knew it wasn't as good as it could be. Like I just had to go to work and I was like, you got to post it. You made your deal with yourself. You got to post it. And I would just post it knowing it wasn't done. And it just helped me. Like then the next day it was a new yeah. food. I was like, you know, so like, um, getting rid of that I don't perfectionism know. mindset too is, is oh yeah it was it was helpful. key and I st still do it now I'm like just move forward like it it it's like the pot thing that like the person who makes a thousand pots is gonna make the perfect pot the person who spends all their time trying to make one perfect pot like the person who does a thousand they're gonna have a perfect pot and like the person who tries to make one perfect pot won't get there yeah. it's so true and it's so applicable to like everything it's like just do it just do it and do it consistently and you'll you'll you will get there and it will get there and yeah i i i'm like a big believer in it which is great because i'm really <laughs> yeah i don't <laughs> i don't think and... i don't know any i mean i'm sure they exist but i can't think of any examples where somebody like they woke up and they just did that one thing and it was amazing <laughs> <laughs> like like yeah. Picasso had to fail at being a mediocre mid-artist for years before he discovered abstract <laughs> like uh or like Michelangelo like I'm sure like painted a billion things before like you know, I think everybody goes through that experience of like they just just continuously over and over and over and and like building off of that and you learn so much that way like 100 percent so I'm going to think about this later on when I'm, I think, I think, I think the thing I'm taking away from this is because I have a lot of guilt for not starting the things I want to do because like mm -hmm. my story, I sacrificed a whole career that, you know, I still see the people that were in that career and they're doing very well for themselves, like in terms of like life goals and financial goals, et cetera, et cetera. And I, I like stopped all that to, to take on this creative animation thing that was inside of me. And so like, <clears throat> I tell myself like, you gave up so much to do this thing and like, you're still not doing all the things you wanted to do. And I have a lot of guilt, but I, I think like what you said, and I, I, it resonates with me, it's not the right time. And like looking back on my life through all the stages that I've gone through, like it has to have been the right time. And I don't know how to force myself to get into the, to the right time, it's just, it's like an emotional, like mm, somehow your needs are met in a certain way that you couldn't experience before because now you're on this path that took them there. And like you learn new things, you meet different people, you're 
you mature in different ways. And then your brain finally switches over and says, it's time to do this now. And like, I haven't been able to force that. It's just, I wish, I wish I could, because I would have fast tracked my life so much more, but um, it's just a natural state that I don't know how to explain. Suddenly you just, you're like, now's the time is right. And you just go for it, if that makes sense. So yeah, I have a lot of excuses for why I'm not doing the things that I know would be successful or could be successful if I did them seriously. But the fact that I'm not doing it seriously right now is I just don't have the right internal motivation to do it properly because I could go and start tomorrow, but I wouldn't be doing it for the best reasons, I guess. And it wouldn't yeah. it wouldn't end up as successful as it would be if I was doing it, if it came from internally, I guess. Does that make sense? Definitely. And I totally relate. And I had so many years of angst because I just yeah. felt like I had this thing that I wanted to pursue or like express. And I didn't know what vehicle to use. You know, it was just like, and just years of that. And like knowing it was in me and I had the capability, but not knowing what it was or what to pursue. And where to put that energy it just was like this thing and I think I finally like gave in to the fact that it, I was like I just let go I feel like I was I was I worked in Norway for like a year and I I don't know if it was Norway or like just traveling but it was like I finally just let go and I was just like it's not the time. It's just not your time. And it doesn't mean you're any less of a person because you don't have, you know what I mean? Like I just let go of this idea that I needed to have a thing. And I just walked and I saw new places and I just took in, like, I just took in, I just like traveled and just took information in and I observed the world without needing to create something. I just was like taking things in and it was such a nice relief, uh, like release of that. Like I have to do something, you know? And like, finally I just like let go of that idea. And then when I went to New Zealand, I don't know what it was, but it was like, I just was like ready. I was just hmm. like, I'm ready. I'm ready to actively do something. And something that really helped was like, a book that I was listening to and I was like trying to think of a stop motion idea and it was very like don't like just when you pursue anything just look at like what brings you joy that's it don't think about anything else around it just what do you enjoy doing like if yours is drawing like do you enjoy like just what's this little thing that you enjoy doing and just do that and let the answers come to you as you do this little thing and like you'll start to see a path unfold full for you if you're pursuing something mm -hmm. you enjoy doing like that brings you joy that has no external meaning to it it's just something you your heart likes to do and I took that and that's why I changed from thinking I want to do a stop motion show to making tiny food because I knew I liked to make tiny food and it was I could get my head around it I could like easily execute it and it was totally right it was like I enjoyed doing it I loved it like I loved the process I loved 
having listening to my little podcast and sculpting and just having my little quiet time in the morning and it the steps it was like the book said like the steps started to show themselves you know and then it turned into this much bigger thing that that still feels right to me but it was so helpful to be like stop being angsty about what you're supposed to do or who you're supposed to be just follow the steps like the things in front of you that feel good and don't feel heavy if it feels heavy when you think about it like drop it it's too much weight like just drop it not for you right now like just if it feels light and it feels good pursue it like it's like that simple and then like things just tend to give you the answer instead of you having to like you know like struggle for every every answer and every piece of this huge puzzle you know so that was really helpful for me and I think you know like I I just see you as like someone who's super curious and like you're doing so many different things and your mind seems to be like interested in so many things and sort of I think there's probably like there's going to be something that pulls all these things together you know but I like that advice really helped me and like maybe that's something to take into the next phase for you is just we'll just simplify it to like what you like to do yeah I mean that that's um that resonates with me a lot too it's like as soon as something starts like what you said feel heavy it's you have to you have to really force your brain to keep to motivate it to keep doing that thing and it, it it's not and then it's then you're like wasting energy that you could be doing on something uh like how do I say this the potential is much greater, at least from my life experience, doing something that I naturally uh, put my energy into versus trying to achieve greatness in something that I always feel like I'm rubbing against the grain. Like even with marketing, like, yeah, I was learning a lot. I was doing okay. I was taking courses. I was meeting people, blah, 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 blah. But it always felt like, oh, okay, I got to do this. Okay. I got to put my mind into this and like, I got to get ready and I got to talk to it. Like it was I knew I could do it, but it didn't feel natural and, and good. Mm-hmm. But then when, like, for instance, I went to animation school, like I just, I was putting in more hours and work than I ever had in my life, but it didn't even feel like that. I just felt like I was living in fantasy land the whole time. <laughs> and then like opportunities led to opportunities that I didn't even expect or create on my own. They just like, you know, I was uh, like, even like the silly duck wizard, which is a stop motion I made. Uh was it just happened by coincidence and I made it and then people saw that by coincidence and then I'm now I'm working on tv shows that I never even applied to and like now I'm working on this video game like blah blah like it just it just like you know went all organically because I was just having fun I guess and then I think at least the learning that I have to take in my life is I, I very much attach myself to like processes and continue them without like it's fun for a while and then I'll continue it for a long time without uh, reevaluating if it's fun for me. It's more like just a habit, I guess. So now I feel right. like I have an opportunity in the next six months when this project wraps up to really like go back to something that feels organic and natural and hopefully something comes my way at that point. But I think it's, at least for me, I'm also trying to see, like I said, I have a lot of anxiety, but I'm also trying to explore like what, 
what is exciting about not knowing like what I'm doing? What can I work on that I didn't have the opportunity to before or whatnot? Or maybe it's okay that I take a bunch of time off and explore something new. Like, I don't know yet. So I have a lot of questions in my mind. Yeah, you're right. I am a very curious person. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm still figuring things you out. Do you like, do you walk and stuff? <laughs> my dog every day. <laughs> uh, it's very cold out right now. So not in the, in the winter, but yeah, in the summertime, I'll just go for an hour. I sit, I actually sit by the water every single morning for about an hour and just like do nothing. I'll bring breakfast. I'll bring my dog and just like, just sit and look at the water. And it's so nice. And just like, let's let stuff happen. I guess if that makes sense. Um, yeah. It's yeah. Why do you ask? Yeah, I the same. Like I just felt like that. Like walking was so helpful with those with those like bigger questions because you kind of get like you know what I actually you know, do like, for uh when I want to like clear my mind, I'll just go and sit down in my shower and just there's no yeah. like I'll be like, oh, I have the whole afternoon off today. Uh I'll just sit in the shower and like it's it's amazing. My mind goes through like I guess it's like meditation or whatever, where you just like uh, it thinks through all the things and like all the immediate problems that you had before it like works them out and then it moves on to the next thing. And then you're like left with like bigger questions. At least me, I'm like left with the bigger questions after my brain is like, okay, what am I doing on Thursday? Blah, blah, blah. Okay. I got to run this to the store. I got to do this appointment. I got to pick up this thing. And and then like you're left when all that is figured out, you're just left with the bigger questions. Like, okay, what is, what do I really like doing? Or like, you know, who am I as a person? Or like, what is all those things? <laughs> yeah, same, same. It's like, and like, is this right? And like, like, what's the next, what's the next turn that I'm supposed to make? And like, yeah, I don't think it goes away. I, I think... <laughs> I think there are people I, I I asked you if you're envious of those people who are just like those stop motion animators who found their thing, because like every company I've worked for, there's there's been people who've been there for 20 years and they're just they found their thing and they go home at night and they don't think about it and they come back and they're it's like and at some at some level, I do I do envy those those people, because it, at least from my perspective and talking with them, it seems that they just understand themselves and life to a different degree and have reached like this this like place of like satisfaction if that's the word and they're totally happy to just do that and then it, it's like there's there's not much there's not yearning like I'm always yearning for like something bigger and different and like and more no matter where I am and what I'm doing and like I don't know. It's just, <laughs> I feel like I'm living the the worst existence sometimes by always like <laughs> wanting this more and different and new. And, and instead of just like, you're, you like, you made it and you're happy and you're like, this is the thing. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel the same. Like, um, like people will describe their weekends and like, Oh, I just, I just cook and I just did like they have these like weekends that just feel like so content and like um natural and they were just like happy and I'm like god like ha like you're like your your default mode is like pretty happy like you know like when you realize like oh like if you like go to neutral some people's neutral are like decently happy 
and like content and like mine is like <laughs> it's just not there so like like I have to like plan my weekend if, or it's gonna just be me spiraling on the couch like you know what I mean like I can't that imagine is a, just that like, is exactly me like if I if I am not if I haven't planned to like work on something that like I like I can't take a night off unless I'm like playing a video game or something which I've planned to do at the same time <laughs> like uh like I can't relax I can relax but yeah. my, my relaxation is like figuring new things out if that makes sense yeah like yeah. I, I have a I'm going to like a bachelor party and it's in, in like a month and it's at an all-inclusive resort and I'm like I don't want to go and sit on the beach I'm gonna be I'm gonna be yeah gonna well, be, oh great I can sit my anxiety I'm just beach. gonna sit there on the beach and have nothing to do and can't do anything like yeah I'm actually like I, not I ex I'm excited about it but I'm not excited about it at the same time <laughs> I think there's probably like uh like I feel the same way about vacations. I'm like, well, what can I progress at when I'm like yeah. on like what can I get better at or what what's the point of this vacation? Like what what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's probably like a mental illness. It's just like <laughs> like diagnosed uh yeah. stop motion. Every everybody in stop motion is like this. We're all we all have a mental illness that is only cured by, <laughs> yeah. and by you go into like stop motion productions and you're just like oh it's just like a building full of like <laughs> mental illness <laughs> I, mean, I don't think anybody would disagree in stop motion <laughs> yeah we're like oh we found each other <laughs> i mean that's how it feels like when you're on a set everybody just vibes at a different level <laughs> yes it's 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 like very true yeah well rachel uh, I, feel like, I feel like we could talk forever but for our listeners we should probably we should probably okay <laughs> um is there, is there any final words you wanted to add as we wrap up well i just had a really good time talking to you this was yeah, just same, like really same. really fun yeah great i'm glad i'm glad it wasn't a terrible time you're like oh god what is this gonna be over <laughs> no this is great it's so, so nice to like connect with other people kind of like in your boat and you know like i think like so much of what we do is, is in a bubble like you're you're like, animating in a bubble you're thinking in a bubble and you're like you're so kind of isolated and it's so nice to be like oh we like sh totally share this experience like it's just happening alone but like other people are in in the same boat you know and that's like just really refreshing I'm sure this is like such a good podcast for like people in our industry and anyone just like yeah. you know being in that same boat and just I mean like, that's okay, part of the aim work. is like I try to I try to hit on like career stuff but I also try to like uncover the the like stories behind it and like the person too because it it is like you know like I mentioned before <clears throat> I'm I grew up in Canada and there's like no stop motion opportunity and like I I was like stop motion animating when I was in like high school and then I went to business because I was like I have to have a career there's nothing happening here and it felt very alone and so like 
And and like there's a lot of international people that listen to this podcast too as a way of like connecting because they're the only person maybe that does 2D animation in their whole town or their city or their or their their country. Sometimes I've talked with people who are like, I'm the only stop motion animator in my whole country that I know of. <laughs> um so yeah, I, I like that's that's part of uh what I try to really flush out in these chats and like I find it inspiring too I come away from every single chat like learning something and connecting and and thinking about uh who I am in this career in this industry in a different way which is is uh I feel very fortunate that people say yes to coming on this podcast <laughs> so so Rachel thank you so much for coming on it's been a it's been an absolute pleasure and um yeah and if if people are listening and they want to reach out to or follow your work. Obviously, there's a they could just search the Tiny Chef. Um, but if you look up the Tiny Chef on Instagram, Tiny Chef Show, everything is there. Or if you want to reach out to uh, Rachel on her Instagram, uh, you can do so by going to Instagram.com/slash Rachel K Larson, and I'll include both those links in the description of this chat. And that's all for now. So thank you so much for listening. Okay, bye. <laughs>